0: Along with individual experts, Surgeon Masters brings you life improvement strategies in 10 minutes. These proven principles and strategies are easy to learn and can be applied immediately, allowing you to practice your best. Here's your host, Jeff Smith hello everyone I'd like to welcome you back to the surgeon masters podcast with one of our favorites Carla McLaren an award-winning author and social science researcher Carla is also the author of the art of empathy a complete guide to life's most essential skill and the developer of healthy empathy a program for health and healing professionals welcome Carla
1: hi Jeff it's good to see you again
0: well thanks for being with us again I thought you would be a great resource for surgeons to learn something new about empathy and how it Applies to burnout in healthcare professionals. You and I have been talking several times, and we talked the other day about the idea of uh, uh, burnout, compassion fatigue, and and you pointed out a significant uh, difference in those various concepts, and I wanted you to help us understand that a little bit better.
1: It's such an important topic, and I was really interested to find out that there is a difference between compassion fatigue and empathic burnout. Compassion fatigue is what would happen if you you are sort of taking care of someone, maybe someone at home or someone within your um, uh, healthcare practice, and it's difficult. It's work, but the person is—you um, have some control over the situation. You can watch the person throughout their their care, and you have a sense of like agency and autonomy in how you care for the patient so you would just be having fatigue it's not a big problem i mean you would need to take care of yourself in that in that situation but it wouldn't be a big problem Empathic burnout is something that's different, and it is a big problem because it leads to, well, burnout, but it also leads to people leaving the profession. And you and I had been talking about um, physician suicide. Empathic burnout is one of the things that leads to that as well. And the difference is that you do not have a sense of control over your work environment. You don't have a sense of um, moving through through um, the health progression with your patient. And so there's less human contact and less human uh, agency and autonomy. And so that is a very big um, uh, warning sign that you may be heading toward empathic burnout if you don't even care about your work. It's different than compassion fatigue where you're tired. This one is you're, like you're losing your entire focus on the workplace. You just, you've just
0: you had it. So you, you mentioned many key buzzwords to me. I mean, certainly control, autonomy, uh, the interaction. I mean, if you have these separate intervals of contact, it's very different than if you have a relative constant contact and interaction with another human being. So those are pretty key components. Uh, and and burnout, you know, you and I, I think are on the same page that it's not that people can't move on to another career. And certainly by choice, uh, wanting to do that is something that we don't want to get in the way of. But it's it's when it occurs uh, unnecessarily or when it's earlier than a person would otherwise choose that I think you and I are trying to make a difference. So mm-hmm. what are, you know, how do we, you know, what's some sort of other important things to really appreciate and understand about this empathic burnout and when to combat it? I
1: think to identify whether it's compassion fatigue, which is expected and normal, and you can work on it, um, or empathic burnout, which is where you're in a system or in a situation that really isn't very healthy for any human being. And to be able to kind of look around and see uh, what the difference is. Do you have control over your work product? Do you have a, a healthy environment? Uh, are the relationships healthy? Is management healthy, that sort of thing. And in many cases, it's not. So what can you do? How can you make changes so that it is a more livable environment? You don't have these dangers of, uh, of physicians and other people on the healthcare team um, really being injured, psychologically speaking, or leaving. And uh, how much loss there is uh, of a person who's you know, put their whole life into their career and they have to leave because it's a miserable environment. That is not acceptable. So it's important to understand, you know, are you in a situation that is creating this? It's not your failure. It's it's this, It's this. the structure that is creating the problem if there's empathic burnout
0: happening. And this is obviously super important. And I think one of the challenges is that there are many people in those kind of environments. And this is what you and I and others and leading in these areas are, are finding out. that. And everyone sort of said, you know, it's the system I work in. But it's our sense of lack of control within that system that leads to additional overwhelm. So some people have pointed out that even just that awareness might actually be dangerous because you're now even more aware of how little control you have. What what could be some little small step that we take to start to control at least our, our personal environment, our personal work environment, or starting to speak up a little bit, or whatever you think. What what do you think are some of those early steps?
1: One of the things that we do when we go into a, um, a work place with the healthy empathy um, uh, process is we look at the communication skills between human beings and not um, or the communication processes. And what we find is that there are, you know, like three to five really crucial communication processes that most people don't have set up in the workplace. One is um, requesting attention from a busy person. Um, Two is admitting that you made a mistake. And three is communicating upward without danger, communicating problems upward without danger. So in requesting attention from a busy person, if you don't have any kind of process for that, you are going to be annoying people constantly and people are going to be annoying you constantly. Which will lead to empathic burnout, even though, I mean, it's a part of the structure. The, the communication isn't there. Um, if you don't have any process for admitting that you made a mistake, um, that's that's just dangerous, right? And if you can't right. communicate problems upward without danger, you know, to your position, then you're going to have trouble That um, that is not necessary, right? So what we look at is how do we sort of bring human ingenuity into this system that might not be very functional and help people find ways around it so that they can create better communication processes.
0: I love that. I mean, do do you mind just fairly simply just restating those three key areas surrounding communication that help us with this uh, avoiding empathic
1: burnout? You can get the team together and look at, do you have any process for requesting attention from a busy person? And it helps to have everybody decide how they would like to be um, requested at that time. Do you have any process for admitting that you made a mistake? And is there any process for communicating problems upward without danger? Those three are huge. So
0: thank you. Yeah, those three are key. And I think that our plan for those listening is try and begin to process those three within your current environment and situation. Well, thank you so much, Carla. I think that's really useful. And I think we should look at taking a look at those three and and putting that into our plan for what we're going to do this coming week there you have it. In less than 10 minutes, this is Jeff Smith along with Carla McLaren. Until the next episode of Life Improvement Strategies for the Surgeon Who Wants More. Ciao. Now, take 10 minutes and put your plan into action to practice your best.